Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HBR Minute HCI podcast episode, I explore the recent HBR video, Leadership Takes Humility. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's great to be with you again today for this HBR Minute HCI podcast episode. Today, I'll be exploring the recent HBR video, Leadership Takes Humility. Tim Westergren, co-founder of Pandora, believes that the most effective leaders are humble. They learn by doing. I tend to agree with him, and so I'll be exploring his thoughts and adding to them uh, some of my own thinking as we digest and really pick apart this short HBR video. Thanks for joining me, and I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip. There's a, a learning that I feel that I've had through this uh, path that I learn and relearn over and over again, and that seems to be this truism uh, through all the years, and that is to me uh, the value of humility. Now, he has had tons of career success by any standard, really. Uh, people look to him as an example, and he's he's worked with some great organizations. And the the very first thing he points out, the the thing that sticks out to him most that he's learned and relearned over time, is the value of humility. Now, maybe that seems trite. Maybe that seems obvious. I I don't know what your uh, particular uh, thinking is along those lines. And sometimes people talk about humility, they talk a good game um, because they know that's kind of what people want to hear. But that's not the impression I get with him. I, I think he's really trying to walk the walk as well. And he believes in the value of humility. Of course, he's not perfect. I'm not perfect, perfect. And it's tricky whenever you espouse some uh, aspirational value like humility. Uh, it, it's a tricky thing because inevitably you're going to fall short. It's much easier to focus on things like self-interest um, because we're good at that. Uh, every, everyone's good at uh, uh, seeking out their self self-interest. People are good at at uh, you know tooting their own horn and and those sorts of things. Uh, the the value of humility, as he'll explore more in, in some of the forthcoming clips, uh, isn't that you need to be a pushover. It's not that you're a doormat. Uh, you don't need to be a people pleaser. The the value of humility simply means that as a leader, you recognize the necessity of continual learning and fostering a growth mindset and a learning environment for all of your people. That you don't ever get to the point where you feel like you've figured it out, that you understand what needs to be happening um, innately, but, but rather it's something you have to continually strive for. And if you have that humility, that intellectual humility, 
uh, you can still have a tremendous amount of confidence as a leader. Uh, people want to see leaders with confidence. Uh, you can have a lot of skills and knowledge and capabilities, uh, a wide range of competencies. Uh, and you can be proud of those things and, and you can demonstrate your confidence in those things to your people. But ultimately, if we're humble, again and again, we'll come back to our people. We'll ask them the questions. We'll lean on their expertise. We won't assume that we know everything and we will foster that environment of continual learning. When you, when you run a business, you're faced with an enormous amount of uncertainty uh, and experimentation. It's an adventure. Uh, and you really don't know what you're doing. Uh, you learn it in the doing of it. I think it's like being in a car driving at night on a windy road, you know, it just sort of unfolds in front of you. And I think there's no more important uh, characteristic to bring to that than humility, to sort of know that you don't know pretty much what you're doing. If we can first recognize that we don't actually know what we're doing, we're as business leaders, as entrepreneurs, uh, we're building the plane while we're flying it. There's a tremendous amount of uncertainty. And even if we've had past uh, successes in other organizations and other roles, uh, the, the particular context that we're in right now, probably we've never seen before. Even if it's we were in the exact same kind of role at, at a very, very similar kind of an organization, things still change. The context around us changes. The people within the context changes. There's just a tremendous amount of uncertainty and so many variables at play that we have to have, have that intellectual humility in order to be able to face each challenge anew, to, to be willing to recognize and acknowledge, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you can certainly lean on your past experience, your, your understanding, the, the mental models that you've used in the past to find success, but ultimately you don't know and you have to rely on the expertise of the good people that you surround yourself. Great leaders surround themselves with great people. Great leaders develop and support their people and ultimately lean on the expertise of their people. All of that takes humility. And no, no question about it, many people uh, rise to the level of, of power, prestige, uh, and high leadership uh, roles and executive roles but they've never learned this one truism. That is that humility is at the core. If, if your desire, your number one guiding motivation is to gain more power, more influence over others, chances are you're not gonna have the humility necessary to lead within the messiness in the complex times that your organization faces. On the flip side, if, if you can, if you can foster that humility, you can learn, you can iterate, you can build that plane while you're flying it. You can figure out what's working, what's not working, and, and learn and grow and ultimately continue to innovate. And that will allow you to find success in the marketplace. And it starts with people sitting next to you. You have to, I think, by example, uh, you know, embrace a really horizontal, um, respectful work environment. And I think the more you inject hierarchy, into the office, whether it's in the form of physical structures or, or titles or whatnot, you know, the harder it is to kind of retain that sort of humble uh, thread. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership. 
the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. It absolutely starts with your people. You model the behavior, you model the attitude, you model the humility for the people around you and how you respond and act to them and the humility that you demonstrate will trickle down to them and, and they'll be able to see it and they'll, you're giving them permission to also act with humility around their people. Ultimately, every organization has some sort of a hierarchy, but to the extent that you can break that hierarchy down, you can flatten it, or at least create a cooperative work environment where people look past the formal hierarchy and look more towards the relationship building that needs to occur in order for people to work well together. Get past the titles, get past uh, the reporting lines, and just what makes sense for this project, for this in, for this initiative? What makes sense for you know what we're trying to create for the customer or for our, our business partner? Ultimately, if that's the mindset, rather than um, boundary maintenance and I need to make sure everyone knows what my position title is and, and who reports to me and how important I am, if that's what we're focusing on, man, we're wasting so much time and energy. And guess what? The people that report to us are going to focus on the same things. But we, we can get past that. We can demonstrate that that stuff doesn't really matter. Um, there, there's a time and a place for structure and for hierarchy and for formal roles. But most of the time in the day-to-day, -day, we don't want to be working behind those kind of walls. Uh, we want to break those down. We want to break down the silos. We, we want to demonstrate repeatedly to our people that we see ourselves as one of them, uh, and that we value them, that we're going to work to develop them and to empower them, and we expect them to do the same with their people. So surround yourself with excellent people. Surround yourself with very capable, very confident, but also very humble people who are willing to continually learn and who are willing to get past you know, the formal titles and not, not get stuck in this constant race for you know, trying to one-up each other and, and position themselves in front of their colleagues. That kind of uh, competitive environment, to a certain extent, can provide some uh, motivation, but in the, for the most part, it, it just becomes dysfunctional and people have undermining behaviors that ultimately can can really hurt the team and the team's performance and certainly the innovation. So let's focus on the most important things and that is working together, collaborating, cooperating, and ultimately collectively, we're gonna be able to come up with greater solutions than we could ever come up with ourselves. And that starts with humility.
And I really do think that people are very, very motivated by leaders who they view as humble. Um, I think it's, a, it's an inspiring uh, attribute. You want to work for someone like that. And more importantly, you model that for people that work for you. So if you do that as a leader, you, you build humble leaders who then, in turn, I think, build motivated teams. And that's, not, that's different from confidence and aggression, you know, being aggressive and ambitious. Those are perfectly uh, symbiotic. But I think underneath that all, if you retain humility, you're, you, know, you have a, a good shot at it. Again, it's not equating humility with being a doormat, being a pushover, being a yes man, a people pleaser. Being humble uh, brings with it, I believe, a confident calm, a self-assurance. I don't need to puff out my chest. I don't need to spread my feathers to make myself look good in front of other people. I can just let my behavior, my results speak for themselves. And ultimately, that becomes my focus is how do I perform and how do I help the people around me perform? Uh, when I'm humble, that's that's really my focus. Uh, when you you have arrogance or when you're really caught up in the image that you're portraying and positioning yourself and power and those sorts of things, uh, then often you spend a lot more time focusing on the political games going on in the organization rather than actually performing. Uh, now, I'm not naive enough to think that we don't have to, you know, navigate political messiness and complexities. Uh, but I do believe that if that's our number one focus, we're going to shortchange ourselves, our own potential, but also the potential of those people around us. So let's model uh, for, you know, for the sake of our own health and our own happiness and well-being. Let's let's practice humility, but let's model for our people how to be humble. Give them permission to do the same. Chances are most of the people they've worked with in the past, most of the leaders they've worked with in the past uh, had that faux humil that uh, that faux confidence, which really, which is arrogance, um, the opposite of humility, which ultimately people do not find motivating or inspiring. Rather, let's foster humility. Give them permission to also be humble and continually hungry for learning and knowledge, uh, willing to coach and mentor and support the people around them, willing to develop their people. That is the humble servant leader that, and that is inspiring. People love to work for people, um, for leaders like that. Again, that's not to say, as, as I said at the very beginning of this episode, that's not to say that you're going to be perfect. Uh, espoused values uh, like like humility, that's a hard thing to live up to. You're not always going to get it right. And sometimes you're going to come across as cocky or arrogant. Uh, and sometimes your ambition, sometimes your drive will be seen by some as you being arrogant. And, and but, but if you are constantly coming back to, um, you know, reassuring people that you don't think you're better than them, you're, you're just focusing on performance. You're just focusing on getting things done and, and making a difference in the lives of those around you. And if you're continually investing in those relationships with others, they will recognize the humility in you and they will want to work with you. They will want to work for you because they know working for you doesn't mean that you put yourself above them, but they know that they're co-creators in the process of doing the work that needs to be done for the organization. I completely, completely agree with them. I think humility is the number one uh, attribute of a really great leader. Without it, I think we can go through the motions, we can look the part, but, but ultimately we're going to fall flat. We're going to fall short. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. As always, I hope you stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. 
and I hope you have a great week. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership. Ordinary, everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.